Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. I well, it's we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. But before then, yes, we have things to talk about. Hi, Nadim. How's it going? I'm here. You're a present. Yeah. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Mita, it was a big week for a star we both admire on this show. Yes, someone we really, really, really look respect up to. as a as artiste. a nepo nepo <laughs> as, an, as an artiste. As an artiste. We're talking about one Alia Bhatt. Yep. She had two trailers dropped. Mm-hmm. One for Heart of Stone yes. with Gal Gadot and Jamie, Jamie Dornan. Dorman. And the other one was Rocky Rani, Kiprem Kahani with Ranveer Singh, directed by young director you might have not heard of oh. named Karen Johar. Who? Karen Johar. Karen Johar. Karen Johar. Okay. Yes. Oh. And they are actually coming out one after each other. Rocky Rani comes out at the end of July, July 28th. And I know exactly the dates. And Hearthstone comes down on August 11th. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about set Let's trailers. do Let's it. Let's do it. Because it's big in Alia's world, I think. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's been a whirlwind for her, like the last yeah. while. She had her baby. She had her baby. This year or at the end of last year? I think year? it was the end of last year. Okay, yeah. And then she went to the Met Gala. Oh, yeah. And then she had Pramastra and she had, like, Gungubai. She got married. Like, she has had, like... She's had stuff happen. For the last, like, two <laughs> years. And now she has two big releases. The first trailer to come out was Heart of Stone, even though it's this later movie. Yeah. What were your thoughts? We just actually watched them again on my big screen, did, especially yeah. Rocky Rani, which we'll get to. But uh, thoughts on Heart of Stone. So when I heard she was going to be in this like yeah. Netflix film and it starred Gal Gadot and Jamie yeah. Dorn, I was under the impression it was going to be like a little blip role. Yeah. Like it wasn't going to be anything substantial. Yeah. But spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the trailer and yet, you should. you should watch it. Um, it's very obvious she is the main villain. <laughs> which is incredible. Incredible. Like truly incredible. And such a like... I, so you know how I feel about Priyanka Chopra. Yeah. Like, I'm not the biggest Priyanka no, yeah. Chopra fan. And I think Priyanka Chopra tried to be the villain in Baywatch. Oh, yeah. And she's actually good in Baywatch, but it's... Is she? Yeah. I haven't seen it. She's actually good in Baywatch. She's one of the better parts of Baywatch. Okay. And it's... You haven't seen Etraz. Yeah. Which is a remake of Disclosure. Yeah. But Priyanka Chopra's excellent. Is really good in that, And yes. she brings that same kind of energy to Baywatch. But... Just from the trailer, I'm getting a feeling like this is a more substantial and like better role for Elia. Oh, are you getting that it's substantial? I'm getting that it's substantial. You're not? No. I'm getting that, first and foremost, incredible that she's in it. Gal Gadot, terrible actress. Yes. And has shark eyes. Like, she's so <laughs> unexpressive as in, like, like just There's, It's terrible. hard to feel anything when you're watching her. And yeah. Alia Bhatt is on there. She has three scenes. And she's in the trailer. In the trailer. Yeah. She's three scenes. She's there for like 20 seconds. And she is far better than all of Gal Gadot is. I do think it's a, it's the villain of a movie I, like this. I do. But then why don't we see much of her? Maybe that's the thing. 
like maybe they don't want to show too much of her because she is kind of like a for American audiences, yeah. it's something new. Yeah, with the, but she is in all the promotion right now. Yeah, it's Jamie Gal and, and Alia. They Bunch. know. They, they know, know her power. They know her power. And so the question is, was she cast because they know India's, like, film consumption? Mm-hmm. We're that... not going to know until we see the movie. No, until August 11th. But I, I do think when you have a movie like this, which is like an action film, yeah. the villain is a large part. And I can't imagine they would have her just be in a few scenes without it actually being something substantial. And I don't picture her Alia doing it, yeah. choosing a role that has that. Because she's very good when it comes to picking her roles. For those our listeners who don't follow Bollywood, Alia is the daughter of famed director Mahesh Bhatt. And she was introduced by Karan Johar, ironically, yeah. in a movie called Student of the Air that was terrible. Yes. But it's enjoyable when you watch it. It has that quality. She was definitely going for something. She was going for <laughs> something. And she's very throwaway role. And a lot of people thought that she would turn... Into nothing. Into nothing. And she has... Her career has the most incredible trajectory. Mm-hmm. She has chosen some of the best work of any young actor out there and proves herself and proves herself every time yeah. with what she chooses she's very good she's very good. i like her a lot she is yes daughter of mahesh but half sister of puja half sister of puja <laughs> so people just think she's in there because of nepotism and so that joke Mita made about nepo 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 nepo, nepo because people call her out a lot on it but alia Bhatt is defies that i think that she's not there because she got in there because of nepotism she's there now because she's a good actor. she's in heart of stone because she's a good actress She's the queen of the Nepo babies. Yeah, yeah. she is. And or Nepo kid, as Nepo she kid, says. As Nepo kid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. I think she's going to be... I know she'll be incredible. She I just will hope be she, great in it. I and just, I think it'll be substantial. I hope so. Because it could do wonders for her career. Did you also watch the Netflix India version trailer? No, she's in it much more. No, but they also really are promoting this film. Like they're saying it's going to be available in Tamil, Hindi. Yes, I saw, I've seen that. Language. Yeah. yeah. They know. They, they know. They know what they're dealing with. And that's, I think this could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was also an RRR last year. Oh my God. <laughs> Aliyah. Yeah, like yeah. She had an incredible year. Which then moves us into Rocky Rani Ki Prem Kahani. Yes. Which you just saw it on the big screen. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Is Karan Johar is like going full Sanjay Leela Bansali on this But like one. possibly better. Po- yes. Yeah. Like possibly more palpable yeah. yeah but i have no idea what this movie is about but can i say i read like i was watching some like reaction trailers and someone was just like this is kind of the best version of a teaser yeah it entices you to be like i want to see that Jesus, but i have this is gorgeous no, it's gorgeous it looks fun because he and i think he knows exactly what he's doing this trip this teaser it's like a minute long is all late 90s early 2000s nostalgia yeah the music the song, the outfits, the sets, all, everything about it is like he knows exactly what audience he's tapping into. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to pay off. When was the last time he directed something? Edele Mushkil, which I think I have was, not seen it. Oh, add it to your list. Okay. You should, because it's, a, it's Garen Johar doing something... Cool. Well, trying to do something cool. And I think with Garen Johar, you expect this. You expect Rocky Arani. Yeah. And I think that's been the problem with Garen Johar is that you've always... He's gets, he gets pigeonholed. And Edel Mushkil, he was trying to do something... Different. Different and... Because I did like his last stories that he did. He did the woman who... Oh, won, yeah. Who's like masturbating, right? Yeah. Yeah. The orgasm one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. He, it's very good and it's very... He's, he's a lot more liberated in yeah. that way. And so women's pleasure, he's... 
not openly gay in India, but like he has a lot of LGBTQ characters in his movies. But yeah, it, I just thought great trailer. Yeah. Like, truly, truly. And how did you feel about it on the big screen versus the small it's screen? It's very nice to watch on the right? big screen. It's even more impactful. Because, like, visually, this movie it looks like it's stunning. going to be amazing. Yeah. Yes. But when I was watching it, I was concerned that, like, there's a lot of the nostalgia yeah. of the 90s and early 2000s of, like, man and woman in the Swiss Alps and her sari flowing. Yeah. And I'm just a little bit worried of, like, how much nostalgia are we going to get here? But don't you think, and you asked that question right after I sent it to you. Yeah. And I was just like, hold that thought. Because I agree with you. I think India has moved past that. Mm-hmm. And, like, very obviously so moved past that. That, like, is reintroducing it going to be successful? And I think if he's the only one to do it, and this is the only form it comes in, it will be gangbusters. Yeah. Because everyone... I don't know if you've, like, experienced this in your life, but my friends, and a lot of, like, what I read on Instagram, people are like, I miss the early 2000s of Bollywood. I miss the late 90s. I miss that. I miss that masala-ness yeah. of Bollywood. Because Bollywood has really evolved and really changed and is moving in a different direction. But people miss this. It's nice to have sing song. Sing, sing song. And, yeah. like, sing song. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like, sing song to the nth degree, and it's just, it's palpable. It's nice. I just, I also know he can get really cheesy. Like, we've all seen Kuch Kuch But <laughs> like we also know. all love Kuch Kuch Chota. Yes. So that's the thing. That worked at that time. Like, there's a nostalgia factor with Kuch Kuch Chota. I think you should watch the Ed okay. soon. Soon. Only Tomorrow. Because, well, you are watching a movie every day, so it's not... I'm ahead right now, so I don't need to. Yeah. Yes, I know, but like... But you see, like, but you yes, could watch I it am watching recently. movies, yeah. so I could watch you it tomorrow. You could easily watch it tomorrow. It's on Prime. It's so on there Prime, you so you could yeah. easily watch it and see that, like, yeah, he did. He did definitely have an aesthetic and a a style, and he kind of made. He really is, I think, the spear, like the the cheerleader for that style. Yeah, but he did evolve his style too, and like, have you seen My Name Is Khan? Yes. Yes. Again, yeah. right? Like, that's another example of him taking... And he's produced a lot, doesn't it? Like, I really like lot. Kapoor and Sons. Razi. Yes. Like he's, his production company has done great business. I love, you know, Coffee with Karan. Who doesn't love Coffee with Karan? Is there a new season coming? No. I mean, he's busy doing this. So probably not. But he'll probably... He does this every time he produces a movie. He has, like, a special episode with his stars. So there will be an episode. But they already did just last season an episode together. Probably will do it again. And he had the greatest Ritter Groshan impression. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It's, 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 hey, guys! <laughs> cool! <laughs> I can't really do it. Thing, it's fun. But, yeah. but again, in this, Alia Bhatt looking... She looks gorgeous. Gorgeous. There's a one scene where, like, she's yelling and Ranveer's yelling. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that looks good. <laughs> Something's gonna happen. Yeah. And it seems like it follows a really giant song. Yeah. And so I'm, like, super pumped. I'm, like, super pumped for this. And it's coming out the week after Oppenheimer and Barbie. And it's <laughs> effing Rocky Arani before either of those. Oh, really? For yeah, you? Totally. You're not going to see them? I'm going to see them okay. because they're coming out the week before. <laughs> yeah. But if they were coming out on the same day... You would go to Rocky. I would go to Rocky okay. Rani. What would you see? Out of the three? Yeah. I would see Barbie for sure. Over Rocky Rani? Yeah. I I've been waiting for Barbie the... for enough. years. Fair enough. <laughs> like, I think Oppenheimer's on the bottom for both of us. Yeah. I was interested in Barbie when it was like Amy Schumer doing yeah, Barbie. So that was, that was I need to see what movie. this movie is. Fair enough. But yeah. Speaking of trailers, <laughs> mm-hmm. that trailer's not looking so great. It's not the best. It's 
doing the opposite but... of what Rocky Ryan did. <laughs> I still have high hopes. And I was, uh, I saw an interview with Amy Schumer yeah. and she was being asked about it. Yeah. Like you were yes, attached yes, yes. to the project. What happened? And she was saying at that time, there were a lot of creative differences mm-hmm. and like, it wasn't quite what she wanted to do with yeah. it. And she said, but I've seen the new trailer mm-hmm. and it looks like they're going the route that I actually like was interested in. Oh. Like they are taking a more feminist approach towards it. When she was in it, do we know who was supposed to direct at the time? So it doesn't specify who was going to direct exactly, but right before she came on, it looked like it was going to be Diablo Cody. To direct? Yeah. Oh, no, wait. Jenny Bix was hired as screener, then Diablo Cody. Yeah, like this is insane. It's been all over the place, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't say who would direct with Amy Schumer. No. But then eventually, like, it was supposed to be Anne Hathaway, and then that didn't happen, and then finally it made its way to um, Lucky Chap. So there you go. I mean, we'll see. It's an exciting summer, actually. It is. And then that's the same, the same week Rocky Randy comes out is actually the same week that Mission Impossible comes out. There's oh, whole, you know I'm going to be there. There's a whole issue with IMAX screens because Barbie and Oppenheimer have taken... Oh, no, sorry. Oppenheimer has oh. taken all the IMAX screens and Tom Cruise is not happy about that. So, oh. And there's like a two-week or three-week engagement with... Tom gets what he wants. Not in this case, though, because uh, all most all of Oppenheimer was shot with IMAX cameras, so there's like a deal with IMAX uh, that it has to be uh, exhibited for I think three weeks or something on all the IMAX screens. There's some like there's some issue there, so we'll see. I feel like Mission Impossible. Like if I had to choose, do I want to see Oppenheimer on IMAX or Mission Impossible? I would choose Oppenheimer. I would choose Oppenheimer on yeah. IMAX because Christopher Nolan knows what Nobody's he's doing, doing in yeah. IMAX. Yeah. So of those four movies, order them before we move on. Oh my god, like what I want to see? Yeah. What order you'll see them in. What order I'll see them in. Yeah. But well, that's because... Assuming, we, let's assume they all come out on the same on day. On the same yeah. day. I would probably go with Barbie first. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time picking between Rocky Rani and Mission Impossible. Okay. I'm a really... I'm Big a stand for the Mission Impossible yeah. movies. I, 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 also, ooh, I don't know, that's a tough one. Has the Mission Impossible trailer dropped? I haven't even watched it. Has it dropped though? I'm sure there's okay. something At out there. At this point, yeah. Yeah. I just haven't yeah. gotten there. I don't know why. But I do love Ethan Hunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think I would do Barbie, Mission Impossible, Rocky Rani, Oppenheimer. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Rocky Rani. Yeah. Rocky Rani, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Mission Impossible. Yeah. But Mission Impossible for me is not. It's not. To be on, it's not even on. You don't even know them. You don't know the order. Yeah, I don't, you don't even know I don't, the names. I don't care. <laughs> How dare you? I, uh, You've never even seen Ghost Protocol. I've seen Ghost Protocol. You don't remember it. Yeah, it's a lot of Kapoor in Dubai. <laughs> That's the only reason why you remember. There's a video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyways, Ghost Protocol is fun though. Yeah. I do like it, but it's just not on my list. But Rocky Rani for sure is probably my movie of the summer. Because otherwise, there's not much. But I guess the summer is really contingent on. Barbie and Oppenheimer right now. Well, the things that are out right now that should be really big things aren't big things. The Flash is oh, doing but the Flash, terrible. Yeah, the Flash is doing terrible. But that's also, I think, because of Ezra. Yeah, it is. And those issues, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, it makes sense. Yeah, it should be doing bad. You should not, act, like, it should I, but what do you do? But, like, it's well, just... It's what not... is the studio supposed to do? Yeah. In all fairness, they have they have to recuperate their money somehow. Yeah. So they have to promote this movie. And there's also so many people that work on the project outside yeah. of just It's him. not just... Exactly. It's also, But what's crazy to me is that it is the return of Michael Keaton as Batman. And yeah. it's not making yeah. what it should be. I know. Because that's not... What we, because of Ezra, it's not what anyone can yeah. focus on. But I hear the movie's also just not that great. 
I just want to see Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I've heard Elemental is not good. Yeah, either. that's not doing well. The Pixar movie of this year. But they, I they barely seen any promoted promotion. it. Yeah. They've really been lacking that lately. I was gonna go to the movies last week because I was like, I had, I had like a day or something, and I was just like, there's nothing to see, and it's June. June. That's not good. But maybe that's because uh, all the energy is moving towards July. Perhaps. 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 But July is a ways away. Yes. And this time we watched a movie. <laughs> Not in July. Not in July. In June. We watched June. Me though, did we watch? We watched Amadeus, 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 Amadeus. Or as Tracy Jordan likes to call it, Amadeus. Give us an IMDb disco. I will. The life, success, and troubles of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, as told by Antonio Saleri, the contemporaneous composer who was deeply jealous of Mozart's talent and claimed to have murdered him. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, a, a th- couple of things. Okay, yeah. I'm going to dive right in. Go for it. First of all, we could only watch the director's cut. Yes. Which is 20 minutes longer than the theatrical version that won Best Picture. I don't know what the other one is. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I th- yes. Yeah, okay. Secondly, mm. not based on a true story. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks for clearing that up. I did not know. <laughs> I... Until after the movie, yeah. when I looked it up, I was like, wow, what a fascinating story. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, fictionalized oh, story yeah. of what happened. I'm like, there uh, needs to be like a warning. Like a warning, <laughs> yeah. He just died. I, for real, thought. This is how it happened? To the point, so last week before we watched it, I was like, oh, but this is about a murder. Maybe he'll really like it. Yeah, I yeah. know about murder. I love murder. Yeah. And that was just because I read the synopsis. And so in my mind, I was like, yeah, Mozart was murder. Yeah. <laughs> Nope. No. He just well, died. there is still some like there's there's it's vague what happened, what his is, illness was. It is vague, yeah. Yeah. It is definitely vague about what happened. So all that aside, yeah, I had seen this in school in grade seven. Oh, okay. My sister was saying the same thing. They watched it. She watched it when she was in eighth grade. I don't know why. Yeah. To be completely honest, I don't. I think I saw it in history. She remembers watching it in music class. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I did not watch it in music class because I did not take a music class. I took I took drama oh. and I did not, and I could have watched it in drama. I did not. Yeah. I didn't remember much of it because okay. that was eons ago. Yeah. So this did feel like I was watching it fresh. Mm-hmm. You hadn't seen it? No. No. This was your first time seeing it. Yeah. Give me your thoughts. Mary Antoinette, eat your heart out. <laughs> All right. This, this is what Sophia was like aiming to do. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't quite get there and I actually think she can't get there because she leaned too much into the actual history and like it being yeah non-fiction no but Mary Antoinette was meant to be non-fiction like it was meant to be an assessment of Mary Antoinette Antoinette, but like there's too much character study yes but there is a lot of factual history within her film like too much yeah too much and that's why she couldn't do what she quite wanted or people aren't as receptive to Marie Antoinette as they sh- as they should be because it is a lot better than people think it is. It's a lot better than people think it is. The idea, the concept of what she's trying to do, which Milos Formas does here, is like should produce this like very opulent ver- like version of what time was like at that time. But I think the difference is, is that she leans into style more than Milos does. That's what also is yeah. the problem. Like yeah. it is. This is so, it is, this movie is very stylish, but it's so subtle. Yeah. Yeah. It's also hilarious. Yes. It's surprisingly <laughs> funny yeah. as a film. And like, 
I, I, I understand what you're saying that like he kind of like this is inspiration for Marie Antoinette but I think the problem with Marie Antoinette is that like it's over stylized mm-hmm. the music and the costumes and like how it's meant to present Marie Antoinette overshadows what she's actually trying to say about Marie Antoinette there's too much Sophia in yeah. Marie Antoinette and yeah. also it's it's very there's a bit paradox going on there because she's trying to say that Marie Antoinette was young and dumb essentially and mm-hmm. thrust into this situation that she had no control over but you're showing her what's the word I'm looking for you're you're playing up that part mm-hmm. that she's young and dumb with the desserts and the clothes and the Milono Blahniks and yeah. the music. You're and feeding the, the audience you're that feeding, idea still. Yeah. Like she is young and dumb. Exactly. Like, even if she... Like, there's a there's a paradox about it. Like, you're trying to say that she wasn't this and that she didn't know what to do with her newfound wealth and fame and all of that, Yeah, this was sort of thrusted upon it her. It was thrusted upon her and, like, we should pity her, but it's like, no, but you're... You're not helping your cause by having her eat bonbons and be all... Exactly. That's the word, Domita. It's going to bother me until I figure it out. You know when you're trying to um, sell something? You're... Selling something. No, you're trying to make something (laughs) into a thing. Like... Anyways, I don't not, know. What you're I don't. Talking. I know it's not gonna come. Yeah. Maybe it'll just like randomly show up one day. When you know the word, you just scream it out. I'm okay? just gonna scream it out exactly. Okay. But yeah, but whereas yeah. I think Amadeus is trying to Milos is trying to tell a story. Yes, not a true story. Yeah, but a, a story. A little disappointing, but <laughs> Dis- but like also, but what like. You and I both thought it was real. Yeah. Like, he clearly does this well. Oh, my God. So well. That it's so believable, it's... even though it is pretty, like, granular. Granular? Grand. Grand. Yeah. Granular is, like, sugar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's with both of us in our words today. But yeah. Even though this is, like, a very grand idea yeah. um, and sort of, like, outside of our time scope. Yeah. That we would believe it. Yeah. But it... it it's not true, but it could it could be true, but it's like not true. Yeah. But it's so entertaining because at the same time. Because it's such a soap opera yeah. of an idea that he does on such a like graceful scale. And like, again, stylistic choices that mm-hmm. shouldn't work. Like having them just speak in American accents. So at first I was a little thrown off. I was a little thrown <laughs> off. And then, I, and then as I'm watching it, I'm like, no, I get this. I get it. Yeah. It's just, it is as it is. And like, also who, know, like they're in Austria. Like they're, who's going to put on an Austrian accent? On a German accent. accent. Like yeah. wh- who's going to do that? It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And so just have them speak. And, uh, and why do they need to have British accents? That doesn't make any sense either. Just let people be. Let yeah. Mozart be himself. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I did read that he purposely did that, though, because he didn't want them to be thinking about their yes. voices when they're speaking and to just speak the speak way that naturally. they naturally. But the the character of Mozart. Oh, yes. Let's talk about that. Like, I'm in love with Mozart. <laughs> what, a, what a great characterization and a great performance. Yes. Like, really, really... Just everything you... And I think what Milos does so well is that he plays into what you think about Mozart. Yeah. That's, I think, so genius about it. You think Mozart, this famous composer of this famous classical music, is going to be one way. And he's a frat boy. He's like a little... Yeah. He's, he's a frat boy yeah. is how he sells. And it's just... It, it completely plays against your own expectations as a viewer. And that's what's so great about this. And so unbelievably, like, charming. Watching yeah. it. So I just thought of, like, all these other movies while I was watching yeah. this. But in Dangerous Liaisons, I was like, oh, this is what John Malkovich wants yeah. to be <laughs> yeah. in Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah. Is this, like, 
what's the word I'm looking for for like boys this like that? Like But it's not playboy. It's like a it's a slang term. What are those boys called? Fuck boys. Fuck boys. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why that yeah. escaped my mind. But that is what he yeah. he is. Yeah. A committed one because he's committed. He's actually, you don't see him cheating once. No. Yeah. And I don't know if he did or not. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't I, know if that's the story you're telling. Yeah. Him. You believe he's actually in love with his wife. Yeah, exactly. And like wants to have a life with her. Mm. And like the idea that he is, the, he has, ever, the world is his oyster. Yeah. Like he is a prodigy. And he's living his life based off of what other people are expecting him. Yeah. And he's trying to challenge things, but, like, can't really. And is just sort of, like, stuck in this position. You do empathize with yeah. him. Of, like, okay, like, I get why Mozart is a little pissy right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's being thrust upon him, this expectation. Yes. It's such a refreshing film. Mm-hmm. And it's not what you think a period movie about Mozart is going to be. No, I thought this was going to be really boring. Like a snooze, yeah. Especially when I saw a length of film. Yeah, so let's yeah. talk about the length. Yeah. Because that, I I was a little disappointed that we didn't get the theatrical run. Mm-hmm. Because this does feel long. Yes. This is 20 minutes longer. The theatrical run was 2 hours and 40 minutes and this is 3 hours. And I read that the theatrical run had a PG rating and this had an R rating. And I don't know on what basis because there's not much. There's like one boob scene. There's no sex. There's yeah. no like, there's no language. There's... Nothing really that would, the 80s, the 80s, right? And censorship, but so I don't really know. I was so that was one thing I read. I thought that I watched this in two halves, I literally stopped it at the middle. Mm-hmm. The first half zoomed by, the second half I find is a little slow. Yes, and that's because there's a lot of actual opera in this, mm-hmm. and that's what I thought was probably was the boring added. part. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not one to go see the opera. It's not, <laughs> I, I, I've never. I get high art and I understand it, but my thing is, I don't understand. I, I, it's a language I don't speak. Yeah, or typically don't they're speaking Italian. The, yeah. Yeah. So, and maybe I guess if I'm a musical person or whatever. Anyways, but to watch it on on screen happening in stage is boring. Mm-hmm. It's just it goes on very long, and I think you're meant to try to understand like how he how good he was at what he did or etc cetera, etc cetera. but i think it just goes a little long in the tooth but i i so i am not one to go to the opera but yeah. i have gone to classical music yes. concerts yes. before and like i find that so much more interesting yeah. than like him having composed music towards this opera or have written some sort of play to go along with the music yeah. and i think it probably would have been more beneficial to have it just be the music as opposed yeah. to like these other people now that I'm watching, watching this character play. What am I supposed to get from the play that they're... And that's what I was trying to figure out. Like, what am I... Um, you're wa- And there's a few of them yeah. in the second half. Like, there's a few operas that you're meant to watch. And you're like, what am I supposed to gain from this? Because I couldn't follow along in them. I didn't no. understand them. And they're already... Like, the way the movie is set up is it's told from Salieri's present form. Yes. And then it's flashback the entire film. Mm-hmm. And then within that flashback, you're seeing him explain the opera that Mozart has composed when people are performing it. Mm-hmm. So you're... It, it, I kind of tuned it out. <laughs> I kind of tuned it out. And yeah. I was just kind of like, this is... It felt very pointless. And it was things like that that I felt like lifted out. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, strong chance 20 minutes is like in here somewhere. And I wish I had been able to see the version that the Academy saw. Where it's not available it's anywhere. It's not available anywhere. I think you have to have. Like, I only looked at Apple, and then I realized it was director's cut after the fact. But yeah, twenty minutes would have been nice to get back. It's a lot. Of time. <laughs> twenty minutes is a long time, yeah. actually, in a film. You don't realize that like 
the effect editing can really have. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a difference between two hours and 40 minutes and three hours. Not just in terms of the length of time you're watching, but how you absorb that film too. But I wonder if the story is any different, if it would feel any different. I don't think so. Like if we didn't have those, let's assume it's the opera scenes and yeah. we took those out. Like if quicker. it is those opera scenes, I don't think you're missing anything. You're missing but anything. what if it's not those opera scenes that we're missing? And it's something else that's like fairly, what if it's more of just Mozart laughing? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Yeah. Who is the man that plays Mozart? His name is Tom Halsey? Hulch? Hulch? Where is he today? Tom Hulch. Hulsey. Hulsey? Hulsey. I don't know how to pronounce it. H-U-L-C-E. Hulse? Yeah. He was the voice of Quasimodo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, he's Larry in Parenthood? There you go. Something you need to watch. I love the movie Parenthood. Have you ever seen it? No. He was in an episode of Frasier. Frasier? He received an Oscar nomination for this. As he should. As he absolutely should have. And he was nominated with his co-star. F. Murray Abraham. From The White Lotus Season 2. Yes. (laughs) Now, F. Murray Abraham won the Oscar. Do you think... I think Tom should have won. Yes! Uh... I was actually... I knew they were both nominated. And I knew one of them won, obviously. (laughs) And I... While I was watching it, I made the assumption it was Tom. And then I saw the IMDb and I was just like, oh. Oh. Because F. Murray Abraham is excellent. Yes. But this is like a 10 out of 10 performance. But he's also, yeah, he's just like Tom. the straight man in this sort of comedy yeah. that is occurring. And like, I think it would be much, that laugh alone, like me yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. do that laugh is really hard. hard. Yeah. And to do it success, like the, uh, no, I'm not going to try again. But, but I guess, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really hard to hit those notes. Yeah. And I do think that the reason F. Murray Abraham Mom is actually in his old form, like especially that last sequence when he's being written out. Yes. Like there is some excellent sequences for sure. Like it's, it is also deserved, I will say. Yes. It's a deserved Oscar. He deserves it for that performance. But I do think Tom was personally It's a stronger better. performance. It's a stronger performance. And the more challenging role. Do, do you think in this day and age where there's so much category fraud mm. that... The they would probably would have, so who would have gotten supporting? I think they probably would have put Mozart in supporting, yeah, because he F. Murray Abraham is the narrator, yeah, and then they both would have won. That would have been that real fraud, <laughs> that would have been real fraud, yeah, because yeah. they are two yeah. main characters in this film. But it's like the movie is called Amadeus, the movie is called Amadeus, and he is Wolfgang, but Amadeus. there's like the hours as well, the hours, the hours. more like the years. <laughs> <laughs> I should call this thing the weeks. That's, that's, what, that's what it that's is. That's the 30 rock. Okay. 30 rock. Yeah. I forgot what it was. It's hilarious. Though. Yeah. Either way, but that is, category fraud is a big thing, yeah. right? Like it's constant. You have people being put in different categories just because you want to increase their chances of winning an Oscar. And this definitely would happen with this. Right? Today. Yeah. But I almost would have been okay with it. I would, yeah. Because they Honestly, both, just like, do it. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. Should we look at what else was nominated? Well, yeah, let's take yeah, a gander. I took a gander um, okay. while watching it, and I decided not to watch any of the nominees. Yeah. I don't remember them at the top of my head right now. But I also, well, let's get into that, and then I'll tell you what else I decided to do while oh, watching. Oh, interesting. Well, let me, pull up, let me pull up the list of winners. Okay, so in 1983, the other nominees were mm-hmm. The Killing Fields, Okay. A Passage to India, mm-hmm. Places in the Heart, and A Soldier's Story. All uh, really seemed like snooze fests to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was not interested in watching any of those. 
Have you heard of any of these? I've heard of Passage to India, which I think is just sort of the colonizer's version of Gandhi in a way, <laughs> <laughs> which because was really interesting it, to me. It's made by David Lean, yeah. Yeah. And it's written by... Especially because also... when we talked about Gandhi, you mentioned David Lean yeah. and saying that like this is sort of that monumental film, Yeah. but A Passage to India, I don't. I had never heard of it before. Oh no, you hadn't? I feel like it, I might have heard the name, but like I haven't heard of it in the sense of like, you need to see this. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? No. I haven't seen A Passage and to India. And any of those films? I've heard of The Killing Fields. Uh-huh. I've heard of Passage to India. I've heard of Places in the Heart. Okay. Because Sally Field won an Oscar. There you go. And so oh, is that her You Really Love Me speech? I think so. Okay. Or is that Norma Ray? Who knows? It's one or the other. But either yeah. way, she won Best Actress that year. And then A Soldier Story, I have no idea. Norma Jewison! Oh my god! My Canadian brother who I thought was this guy. <laughs> oh, Denzel Washington. Oh, this is interesting, actually. Oh, like he's a director? No, he's in it. Oh. Yeah, it's probably one of his first movies. There you go. Fascinating. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty evident mm-hmm. that, fine, we haven't seen these, but Amadeus is still relevant. I think. It's very strong. It's and this, very strong. It would work today. I think this As would be is? something that people would want to see. Totally. Yeah. So before you get into what else you were, or do you want to talk about what else you were doing? Because I want to talk about uh-huh. the 80s. Okay, well, that goes in hand with what I was doing. Okay, so you go. Because I was thinking about the 80s while watching this, because it happened in the 80s. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, let me look at, like, what were the highest grossing films of that year specifically? So I'll list out what they were. So in the number one spot was Beverly Hills Cop. Number two, Ghostbusters. Number three, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Number four, Gremlins. Five, Karate Kid. Six, Police Academy. Seven, Footloose. Eight, Romancing the Stone. Nine, Star Trek Three, The Search for Spock. And ten, Splash. Wow, that's a year. That is a year of so many bop, like, rompy kind of... And so many, like, classic... Classic comedies. Yes. So classic, like, romps. Seeing that list, I was like, okay, I watched Beverly Hills Cop for the first time. Oh, wow. I watched uh, Romancing the Stone. Yeah. And then I also watched... It was from the year before. I watched Risky Business for the first time, too. And I, I just wanted to get a sense of, like... What were people watching in the yeah. 80s and how is that reflecting in like what's actually won? And there's such a disconnect between what the Academy was like really voting for mm. and what was popular among audiences. But isn't that still the to, case? Well, like, I think I think now there's a lot more of an effort to try to have something there. Some like, form of unity. Yeah, because you see some things like Top Gun being nominated or even like Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um and with Coda being a winner, like, it was a very yeah, approachable movie. Same thing with Everything Everywhere All at Once. Like, that was available. In, it was a summer blockbuster yeah. and, like, was available to audiences by the time the Academy yeah. came around. And I think they're tra- working to make it so that, like, the movies nominated or the movies that are going to at least be nominated are things that people are watching. But you're making it sound like it's a concerted effort. And it's a body of 6,000 people voting. Now. Now. I don't know. Well, also, it's hard to compare the last few years just because there hasn't been as much, I think, that they probably could have coming out. I'm sure there were a lot of plans for like 22 and 23 that didn't pan out. In terms of? Pandemic. But in terms of what? Like there may have been other like more indie films or more like films that would be considered 
Oscar nominated, I used air quotes there, yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, like there probably would have been more, yeah. but there wasn't. And so I think now, the, I think there is a conscious effort of being like, Top Gun did the was like the best movie of the summer. Yeah. It got people back into the theater. We should be nominating it. You think as a vote, singular voter, that's what a reason for putting it on your ballot was? Mm-hmm. Interesting. That said, though, fine, you only have five nominees in 1983. That whole list, bops. Great, great entertaining films. Fun. Fun. Yeah. Amadeus is definitely the better movie. Amadeus is a better movie and still fun. And still fun. For the right kind of audience, though. Yeah, it's not for everybody. It's still still a movie about Mozart and classical music. Mm -hmm. But... Clearly, it won Best Picture for the right reasons. Yeah. But what I more want to talk about is why, because the 80s was, is such a dud decade. It's such a dead decade. And we go from, we just came back from Terms of Endearment, and then Gandhi before. Yeah. And next week? Out of Africa. Out of Africa. You're not proud of your, your birth year's <sighs> movie? Should it's I just, say that's your birth year? It's my birth okay. year. <laughs> We're just going up and down. like All around. All around. And like... I, I think for me, my biggest thing about this this experiment of ours is trying to find understanding for what's happening with the Academy. There's no... The, I said this earlier. The most consistent thing about the Academy is the, is the inconsistency. Is the inconsistency. Yeah. And like what is going to win Best Picture. Yeah. yeah. Because just, just in the 80s alone, you have like ordinary people, you have Gandhi, you have Terms of Endearment, and now you have Amadeus. Yeah. And it's like bad good, bad good. Probably bad now. Bad, but bad now because we're saying it's bad now. But like, wh- what fair. would we have That's said? Fair, that? That's fair. What would we have said? That's fair. And like, even when I was looking, even about ordinary people, do you think we lo- we would love ordinary people? Back maybe, in <laughs> maybe, maybe we were more whitewashed back then, hmm. and we would have been like, "This was good." But this is a white movie. <laughs> like this is, but. There's, it doesn't feel white the way that ordinary people feels white. But that's the thing, <laughs> is that ordinary people, like, in terms of endearment, is, like, we talked about this, it doesn't even feel like... But also, we, like you and me, yeah. we're not part of the academy then, and even now, oh, honestly. No. <laughs> so, like... No, like, us, us no, as I mean, like, us as, like, but also, like people of color. Yeah, yeah. people of color, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there are a bunch of, like, South Asian people on the academy now, but like, we are Back the then, majority. there probably was not. Probably was not, yeah. yeah. But they still picked Ben them. Kingsley. Yeah. Like, that's but it. But then, here's a movie that is an entire white cast, once again, mm-hmm. does not ring, does not cause an issue at all. Like, it, it has no, it plays no, like, It doesn't feel, my, yeah. no. It doesn't. It just, this just feels like a movie set in a time where white people existed. Yes. The same way, in, like, Gandhi felt like a movie in a time where all brown people existed. That's just what it was. Mm-hmm. Universal themes, universally approachable, like, everything about this thing. So I think for me, it's just, you have something like this, and then you have something like, maybe Ordinary People is actually the, I mean, we do get to Dracula and Stacey later on, too. Yeah, that's the end of this decade, right? Yeah. And then Out of Africa next week. Yes. And like, I wonder what that looks like. I've not seen Out of Africa. I haven't either. But just based on the title, I'm assuming we're going to Africa? Yeah. Okay. And it's Meryl <laughs> Streep and your bro. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Redford. Bobby Redford. Uh, but has a really poor Metacritic score and has a history of being a bland film. Okay. From what I've read. And yeah. I, sh- I know I shouldn't be like, I think my problem is now I'm getting into a place where I have preconceived notions. You look that notions. stuff up. I yeah. look that stuff up and I have a preconceived notion like what I've heard. So I want to remove that from, like I want to remove that from my mind. 
as I go in. I want to go in blind and completely like, we are watching out of Africa. Let's see what this is like. Exactly. But I can't. We're going on safari. Yeah. (laughs) And I will say that like, there was a time where Amadeus even felt a little like... The title itself, I was just like, ooh. Yeah. But I I remember, earlier today, I was talking to my sister. She's like, what are you guys reviewing today? I said, Amadeus. She's like, you said earlier, like you weren't really interested in watching it. And Mm. I was like, yeah, no, because like, it sounds boring. It's like about Mozart. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I really liked it in eighth grade. And she was like, (laughs) nice. So, well, obviously now I've seen it and I was like, I agree with you. (laughs) Like, it was really nice. It was. But before I had experienced it, that title to me is just like, okay. Great classical yeah. music. Classical music. It's about, and again, <laughs> it's a movie about a about Mozart in Vienna. It's set in that century, set so in that like century, yeah. you're you're gonna think it's going to be boring. Yeah. But then you look at something like Tom Jones, which also right. is set a romp. is a romp and set in that century, and is like yeah. so enjoyable. Yeah. So I think you know, I think we should stop putting sentiments on like what we're going to yes, watch. Yes, that's very true. Um, and I think what I'm going to start maybe doing a little bit more is just like looking at who is making these films because you do have someone like Milos Milos. making this and he did One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which we didn't like love, but we can both say. But I can get, I get One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And like, is a well-made film. And I think that is more important. This is better. Oh, yes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a stronger Best Picture yeah. winner for sure. For sure, yeah. But the, the idea of like, okay, somebody who is a strong director yeah. is doing this project. I need to sort of walk away from like yeah. what I've heard or the buzz. Which and applies to next week. Who made Out of Africa? Sydney Pollack. I love Sydney Pollack. I know. I think it's really easy to like pigeonhole him into like sappy content. Yeah. But he does it really well. So I am I am looking forward to watching yeah. Bobby and Meryl. I can't think of Sidney Pollock other than Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> that's the Which only is, thing? That's like I know I've watched a lot of Sidney Pollock, yeah. but when you t- if you say Sidney Pollock, I'm like, oh, he's the guy who killed the hooker in Eyes Wide Shut. He has those parties. He has those parties. So he, you know he, he's up to no good. You know he's up <laughs> yeah. to no good. But anyways, yeah, Sidney Pollock, and so like you have to you have to let it do its thing mm-hmm. and see what happens from there. Yeah. The same way we should have let Milos do his thing. Exactly. But Milos, I think, has an edge. There's some... Well, where is he now, though? That's the thing. I think he's dead. No, no, no. He's still alive. Is I'm he? pretty sure he's alive. He's married to Juliet Binoche, I think. Am I wrong? There's somebody who's married to Juliet Binoche. No, he's dead. He died in 2018. He died? Yeah. Oh. Was he married to Juliet Binoche? Who did I think she's married to? Oh, no. That is not Julian. No, not... No. He's married to somebody French, I'm pretty sure. Or was. I think this is the last we see of Miloš. Oh. Yeah. Only other nomination is for The People versus Larry Flint. I've not seen that. I haven't either. Oh, he did do Man on the Moon, which I didn't love. He actually has a very small filmography. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm forgetting it now, so I won't talk about it. Oh. There's a quote from Natalie Portman had from when she did Goya's Ghosts. About what? About something Milos Forman said to her, but I can't remember what it was now. Oh, yeah. But I remember when I heard it on the, like, round table, I thought it was funny. Okay. <laughs> but was, was something funny? No, she, no. she was, com- maybe not complaining. She was talking about something about he, how okay. he, what he did as a director and, like, didn't agree with it. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Natalie. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, he did Valmont. Yeah. I want to watch Valmont. Valmont is the sequel to Dangerous Liaison. Not the sequel. I think it's just... Oh, is uh, it from the different perspective? Yeah. Uh, no, it's the same thing as Dangerously Liaison. And it's... 
I don't know why it's different from Dangerously Liaison. Ooh, with Colin Farrell. Yeah. Colin Firth and Annette Bening. That's an interesting cast. And Meg Tilly. Yeah. From Zabalk. And Colin Firth and Meg Tilly, who play Valmont and Travel, mm. were in a relationship. That's interesting. After filming this. Oh, that, do you not remember our second episode that, I we, did. <laughs> that back, we ever back recorded? Back in 2002. Yeah. 20, I mean. 2002. What? Do you have prequels for this? Um, I mean. <laughs> yeah, they get, but that's. What I'm starting to realize is that sequel prequels are can be fun. Fun. But a we're good only movie, in like certain settings. Yeah. Yeah. But also like a good movie book. Like there's I don't I don't want to see more of this. No. Because I've seen exactly, exactly the what amount. I need to. Yeah. But this also is a, a biopic in its well, own it's, right. Yeah. So like what else what sequel prequel do I need from this biopic? But it gives you everything, right? Yeah. It gives you everything about Salieri and it gives you everything about Mozart. Mozart. So you don't I don't need, need more. Anything else. I think this is, it's perfect just the way it is. Oh, I just want to bring up yeah. the actress who plays his wife. Okay, I thought you were is... going to talk about Cynthia Nixon. S- oh, yeah, Cynthia <laughs> Nixon, too. I, was, I saw that scene, and I'm like, how do I... She looks so familiar. And I just... I literally it's Miranda! I was just like, is that Cynthia Nixon? And then, like... Miranda! I was so taken <laughs> aback. And, like, really distracted whenever she would show up on screen. It's hard, right? It was hard not to see Miranda on screen. Yeah. But... That said, the actress who plays... His wife. His wife? Yeah. So terrible. So <laughs> like, terrible. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Big boobs and a terrible actress. Please don't pigeon her to just her chest. I, no. I started by saying she's a bad actress. actress. She's a bad actress with big boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Barrage. And there's a reason I've never, never heard of heard her. Of yeah. <laughs> never heard of her before or after because she was bad. Like, bad. To the bone. To the bone. She had no dialogue delivery. Like Mozart does all the work Oh, in my God. Scenes. He does all the heavy Carries lifting in that. those scenes. Yeah. And, like, the few scenes that the three of them are in, it's like, yo, you need to sit back, girl. Oh, also, before we just get into our reading, some incredible cinematography in this. And, like, Beautiful. sequences. And the, the masks and, like, the shadowing. And, like, there's just some great, memorable things yeah. in this film. Like, a really memorable... Period piece. Yeah. Give me your rating. Okay. And then tell me if it deserved best picture. Okay. When you told me, mm-hmm. and by you, I mean when I made the spreadsheet listing out <laughs> all the best picture winners yes. and when we were going to have to watch them, that we were going to watch Amadeus. Yeah. I saw the name. I knew the name. Yeah. I know the name Wolfgang Amadeus yeah. Mozart. Yeah. I said all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, okay. I, I like classical music. Yeah. I'm not the biggest Mozart stan. I'm more of a Bach kind of girl. I'm a Vivaldi guy. Oh, I love Vivaldi. I listen to the Four Seasons to Fall Asleep sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, not the biggest, you know. Beethoven's probably better too. Yeah. (laughs) I thought to myself, this is going to be really boring. Yeah. Then you reminded me that this is three hours. (laughs) I I thought to myself, this is going to be hell. Yeah. And... I met, we mentioned earlier, I watched this like very early on yeah. uh, last week because I was just like, I need to get it out of the way. Because yeah. I also, I have, I have to watch 365 yeah. movies this year yeah. and I had a lot of like work to do and I was like, I just need to pull this one out yeah. and then I should be done. And I watched this one and I was like, I wish I had saved this towards the end yeah. of the week because I was thoroughly enjoying yeah. watching it. And I think... Right now, for me personally, like, the hardest thing with watching 365 movies throughout the year, and I talk about it like I have a gun to my head or something, but the hardest part of it is, like, 
being entertained mm. and actually like enjoying what you're watching. Yeah. Like before we recorded, you were kind of going through yeah. some of the movies I watched and I was like, I watched what? I did that? Yeah. Oh, I, like I forgot like what has yeah. happened in such a short period of time. And this is one that like ha- did stick with me yeah. because it is very entertaining. It's a great idea. Yeah. The approach of what is being done here is so fresh and it feels fresh now. Like it feels... Mm. And it's 2023, and so I can only imagine in 1984 what it would have been like to experience that of like, oh, what, what, like, wait, why are they American? But no, they're Austrian, and ooh, it's like fancy, and it's the 18th century, and he's, you know, it's it's a lot of things, and it's really as we continue this journey, it's this journey that we're on. It's so hard to find things that you actually like are like a glass of water, just like that are really special and things that aren't being done today Mm -hmm. and i did compare it to marie antoinette which is a movie that i actually really like but it even in that comparison it does feel so much different from Mm -hmm. it as well and this is was definitely crafted by someone who knows what they're doing and like is very successful at Mm -hmm. it and so I'll say going into it, sometimes I give a movie a rating yeah. before I watch it. And I was like, I'm probably going to give this like a two, maybe mm-hmm. like a three. I'm going with a solid four yeah. for Amadeus. Okay. It was a wild ride. Like it was just fun. And it's really rare to have that with any movie, mm. quite frankly, but also a best picture yes. winner. Yeah. That's really rare too. Yeah. When you sit and watch something and you're like, I had fun. Because a lot of the times they're the boring sort of biopics mm-hmm. or like a drama that just doesn't have any like va va boom to it. Yeah. Not everything is going to be Chicago. And <laughs> nor this, should it be though. This is not, no, nor should it be. This is not Chicago for me, yeah. but it was really fun to watch. And I appreciated that so much. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed it. And so I'm going to go give four stars. Okay. Four. It's a good rating. Nadim, I feel very similarly to many of the things you're saying. Yes. Because I, so I had seen this, but I didn't remember it, mm-hmm. but I did know it was a, I didn't remember the zeal in it. Because yeah. also, you know, when you're watching something in class and like, I don't know what you're, I was in a school with eight periods. Okay. Was it eight? What grade was this? Grade seven or eight. Okay. I remember what school I was we at. We did not have periods. I don't remember. Anyways. You know, you have like, your class is like 50 minutes, let's say. Yeah. So by the time you turn on the video, because this was video, that's how old I am. You're watching like half an hour. You're watching this in half an hour spurts for like six days. Yeah. Like. That's a little You you can't. I'm also, you're 17. What, how old was I? 11, 12? Yeah. You don't understand the like. This isn't fun for a 12 year old. It isn't fun for a 12 year old. It's a fun film, but it's fun because of the fun dialogue and the interplay and the politics and like. It's a sexy film, but yeah. it's a sexy adult film without sex. Yeah. that's It's, it's not like an adult film. Yeah. It's, it's a movie for adults. It's not Eyes Wide <laughs> Shut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an actual like, adult film. There's just something very adult about this. Yeah. It's a very mature film made by someone in complete control of that film. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, such a luxury. Like, oftentimes you watch movies about, like, where you can tell that the director isn't, like, controlling that set controlling that film like end to end is like this is what we're doing yeah you can tell at some point like there was some like input or someone got involved or something happened no Milos knew exactly what he was doing with this movie and with this you can tell the people involved are having fun yes 
Very true. They, All of like, them. You can tell they're probably yeah. enjoying what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Like, absolutely. You can tell they had a good time. You can tell he knew exactly... And he knew how to direct it. Because this could have completely fallen apart. Yeah. This And, like, there are examples of movies trying to do this. Another period piece that does this tone very well, and this should actually really explain to people just how good this is, is The Favourite. Oh, yeah. Right? It's a period piece that, for all intents and purposes, should be boring, mm-hmm. but is anything but. Yeah. And I think... Why this works so well is because I think Marie Antoinette is trying too hard, in my opinion. I, I think she's trying to do too much. And I think it's... I think Sofia Coppola now wouldn't make that same movie. I think she's... Since The Beguiled, she's definitely, like, edited herself. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think she would have the same, maybe, ideas about it. But she would have a better idea of how to relay that same movie and yeah. sell that. And I think at the time, she was young and she was more inexperienced as a director and a storyteller and she let the style overcome the substance. Mm-hmm. This is an example of the substance carrying the film. Screenplay's immaculate. The performances are great. This is really, really good. Yeah. And like, you can sit down and have a good time. And I think what's so great about it is also because it's just an American English, you as an audience pay attention to it differently too. Mm-hmm. I love a British accent. But a period piece in a British accent about classical music it's a lot. It's too much. It's too much. And I think Milos, again, it's just, it's an example of a director knowing, no, this is how we're going to control this. This is how we're going to tell this story. Also, I read that there was not, they only used natural lighting to light this entire film. That's insane. That is insanity. (laughs) If you've ever been on a film set, if you ever know, it is incredible what they did with candles and sunlight. It's just absolutely mind-blowing. I feel bad for the people working. Like, imagine... Oh, my like, God, yeah. You can only work during the daytime, and, like, yeah. you have to get the shot. You have to get the shot. Oh, yeah. you got one candle to light this whole thing. Just incredible. Just truly, truly great filmmaking. I wish I had seen the original edited version that won the Academy Award, because I do think something's lost. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, because I do think this is the director's version. This is Milo's version of this film. But I do think it's a little long... I do think those sequences in the directors opera are self-indulgent and you need someone to just kind of be like, mm, we yeah. don't need this. And I think that's just an example of probably the studio doing the right thing. Yeah. And this is the movie we didn't necessarily need. I would have edited those operas down a lot. Yeah. And I don't think we would have missed anything. And that's the sign that doesn't need to be there. But it doesn't matter. Just sit through the operas. It's 20 minutes you're not going to get back, but the two hours and 40 minutes that is in this film, mm-hmm. 100% worth it. Yeah. Great. I'm going with four stars too. Look at us. Twins again. Twins again. Yeah. I wonder what we'll say for next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. You have to put yourself I'm, in a I'm putting my best mindset. foot forward. About Out of Africa from 1985. But yes, that was Amadeus, a true... A surprise and a delight from the 80s. Yes. I was not expecting to like it that much, and I had a great time watching it. There you go. Yeah. Hooray. Before we get to Africa. Yeah. Game me. Okay. So last week, Nadim, you had me connect Man of Steel to Steel Mangolias. And I did it. Yes. I did did. it really well. Real real quick, too. (laughs) Real quick. I got it right away. Um, So I have one for you this week. Okay. It's a... It's one that is real quick to do as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope you get there. I don't know if you will. Oh, no. But we'll see. Uh-huh. You are going to connect one Steel Mangolias mm-hmm. to a film 
called, I don't know if you've seen it actually, but it's an entertaining movie. Okay. It's called Burlesque. Or seen Burlesque. How do I've you know seen... the theme song for it? I, I, I beautiful, do. beautiful, 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 Burlesque! <laughs> I know one Christina Aguilera starts in it. Yep. And I know when Cher starts in it. There as you well. go. There you go. Okay, so your ti- your timer yeah. starts now. There's like many ways to do this, okay. and I probably don't know the shortest way. Yeah, you don't probably. I probably <laughs> don't know the shortest way, but I'm gonna go with um, Steel Magnolia stars Sally Field, who is in The Post. Sorry, in Lincoln, directed by Steven Spielberg, who also directed The Post with Meryl Streep, who appeared with Cher in Silkwood. Okay. Share is in burlesque. There you go. That's a way to do yeah. it. Yeah. But it's probably it's not the quickest, right? Okay, I'm gonna tell you a name. Okay. And then I'll see if you can get it. Okay. Also in Oh Stanley Chuchi's also in this, right? In Burlesque? I don't remember, but that's not where I'm okay. going. <laughs> um also in Steel Magnolias is one Olivia Dukakis. Oh, who is in um what's it called? We did it. Moonlight? For... No. What's that's it called? not Moonlight is the best. Yeah, picture. but the one that we watched. Yeah. It starts with Moon. Moonstruck. Yeah. Okay. There oh, you I go. didn't realize Olympia Dukakis isn't. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Anyways, there you go. yeah. There you go. Here you go. Burlesque. Know. I didn't know she was in burlesque of all movies. <laughs> God, burlesque. How did that get made? I don't know. I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you know what? There, you know what? You asked me last week or the week before what bad movies. Yes, there you go. Burlesque is a bad movie I would watch yeah. over again. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess. I've only seen it the one time, but if it was on, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. It used to be on the Women's Network a lot. In the <laughs> yeah. Women's Network? Well, sometimes plays the best selection of movies. Yeah. I don't know why. They just do. It's a good time. But speaking of bad movies, we thought we'd be watching next week. No, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. I joke. Jokes aside. We, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. You haven't even seen it and I've you're calling it a bad. You're so mean. I know. I mean, I feel like you should be excited because it's your year. It's my birthday. You know? I'm so excited for my birthday. Yeah. But my birthday is like a well-known good movie. So. <laughs> but yes, next week, Nadim, we are watching. Yes. Out of Africa. Out of Africa. Yes. Starring one Muriel Streep. Yes. Another Robert Redford. Bobby Redford. And directed by one Sidney Pollock. Pollock. Cocaine sniffer and prostitute killer. In the film Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> I feel like you need to. I need to specify that. Add that. Bye. But that is next week. Yes. Me that you have parting words for us. I do. Mediocrities everywhere. I absolve you. Also, what an incredible way to end a film. Yeah. Like, really, that was. I don't want to be in that mental hospital. No, first of all, that mental hospital was insane. Yeah. Like, actually wild. I'm scared. And the way it ends, I can feel just... Beautiful. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for what I think is going to be the best movie, Out of Africa. <laughs> Have yep. a lovely week, folks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our litter box at movies the number two watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. 